Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. We're also going live on Facebook today, so thank you to those who are joining us there. Um, my name is Dominic Booth. I'm here with Rich Fay and Tyrone Marshall, uh, our United writers. How are you two? Good, thank you, Dom. Very good. All the better for seeing a, a positive result last night, if not necessarily a positive performance, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. We certainly will, Rich. How are you? Yeah, I'm good as well. Thank you very much, Tom. It's uh, nice to be able to talk about a game in which United actually won in the end. So, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, like Ty said, it wasn't perfect, but at least a positive and a step in the right direction towards that top four finish. Certainly nice to talk about a game that didn't finish 1-1, actually. So that, that that's, uh, that's a positive in itself. Uh, Tyrone, I'll come to you first. Uh, you were at Old Trafford like I was um, last night for the Brighton game. You had a slightly different vantage point to, to me. But what did you make of that? performance uh, there was a, f- a few murmurs on social media afterwards about uh, the nature of the performance and United being disappointing but I think in the second half they, they created definitely enough chances to win the game and uh, and the result maybe flattered them slightly but it was probably deserved three points wasn't it um yeah probably just about um very hard to judge really because of the red card up to the red card they were the red card, the goal on the red card, obviously came within about two minutes of each other. It, it felt like pretty much the next attack that that Alanga was pulled down, and until then, in first half especially, I thought they were really, really poor. I mean, the first half was lifeless and joyless. Really, it was as I say, as bad as it's been this season because it's been bad at, at various times this season. But it was a really poor first half. Nobody looked like they were enjoying themselves. Nobody sounded like they were enjoying themselves. Um, they, they did get better in the second half. They were a lot more aggressive in the second half, a lot more on the front foot. It is difficult to judge after the red card, but they did create chances, as you would expect, with United at home to Brighton and a man advantage. They should have taken and they should have killed the game off earlier. There was then a spell of maybe 10 minutes where Brighton, even with 10 men, came into it and, and looked very threatening, really. There was Moda's shot. You wouldn't call it a chance. It was a, a shot out of nothing, really, that, that hit the bar. Welbeck's header was a big chance. Lamptey almost had a chance getting in. So there were opportunities for Brighton. It did feel like United were doing their best to draw 1-1 again. Obviously, they killed it off at the end. But I think it's a really hard performance to judge because it's Manchester United at home to Brighton with a man advantage. They should create chances. They should look the better team, both of which they did for around 20 minutes. Um, But when it was 11 v 11, I think, Alarm bells should be ringing, and, and particularly in the the first half, which was just disappointing again. But like you say, it's at the moment it's results that matter. They needed that confidence boost of getting three points. They needed the confidence boost of actually seeing a game out, and, and both of those should benefit them. Absolutely, yeah. Obviously, uh, Rich, it's not been the simple case of United winning these games this season. You know, the the one all draws that we spoke about, the the defeats at home to the likes of Villa and. Wolves when they, they really haven't created anything at all. So we think you think Rangnick will be more impressed with this performance. I guess certainly out of individuals, Ronaldo, Paul Pogba, there are certainly a few positives to be taken. Jaden Sancho, I guess, being a big one as well. Yeah, like Ty said, that the, the games they've drawn, they actually played better in them. Um, you know, yeah. you think about the Burnley first half; they were great. Southampton first half; they were great, and then they had bad second halves. This one. You know they ground out the result, and I think for for Ranić it was that sort of consequentialism that if you get the three points, it doesn't really matter at the stage of the season because the top four races it's still there to to be won. No team wants to to really 
make it their own at the moment, which suits United. The fact they've been let off the hook so many times is is you know flattering really because they have been really woeful. There's not been any urgency. They've just looked so off it really. And I know that in recent weeks, people at like Paul Scholes said that the players just don't look like they're even trying that hard. They don't look like they're giving that stereotypical 110%, do they, for for the badge or whatever. Um, yeah, there were positives. There's There's been positives in all these draws though. And, you know, Sancho's been, been great in every single draw. So I think that, you know, it's good to see him continue his fine run of form. Again, that itself comes with the negative of he was signed to be a right winger. United spent £119 million on three right wingers in this right wingers in the space of 10 months and they've still not got one they've got James Sancho on the left and Ante Alanga who's only ever played left wing now having to play on the right Ronaldo gets his goal you know that's that's what he's capable of it's Cristiano Ronaldo isn't it if you've got him up front you've got you've got that ability to get a goal out of nothing really it was beautiful technique the the back lift the way it just went into the bottom corner you know that's something that only he can really do in that United attack Pogba again an interesting one isn't it because I do feel they needed to go kind of defensive to make sure they didn't go behind early on. And then Pogba was the game changer off the bench. And of course, if a player plays well off the bench, the temptation is then to say he should start every game. But if he's affecting the game from the bench, then maybe that should be his role going forward. Obviously, it's Pogba, so it's a much bigger issue. But, you know, I think that United approached it in the way I thought, thought they would. If they'd won the other games going into it, they might have gone a bit more gung-ho. But I think Raniak is starting to feel the pressure. And I think that showed in his team selection last night that he just went for players who work hard, really, and that he felt would at least do the gritty stuff. And then they have enough magic and individual brilliance to get the result, which, you know, which, which did happen. You know, by the end of the season, if United finished fourth, it will have been, you know, that's the, the, the most success they can get now. And results like this will just be swept under the carpet. It wasn't pretty. United weren't good enough. You need to ask serious questions after you win, as well as when you lose. You know, this is. You can't rest on your laurels, but United won. And I think for most fans, it's, that's just a relief, really. Obviously, there's the negatives. It wasn't a perfect performance, but at least they did win. Yeah, I'm not sure how many perfect performances there have been this season, to be honest. So it's slim pickings when it comes to that. Um, Ty, a comment just flashed up there on our Facebook live screen, covering my face mercifully for a few seconds, which is nice. <laughs> there it is from Darren Hadley. Um, saying complete lack of urgency and the desire to score goals. Um We'll we be lucky to hold on to fourth, he says. And that alludes to what Rich is saying, really, that no team really does want to grab onto this fourth place. Um, what we call are we calling it a, a race or a battle or something like that? Always seems to be the way with the, with the race for fourth that no one team does hold on to it because it's the nature of the teams in those positions that they're not title challenging sides. They're decent sides, but not, not the greatest. What's your inkling on, on how that might pan out and and how United can make it their own. You know, it does seem to be there for them to take if they can go on a bit of a run. It does, yeah. Um, I think the issue is that the run the run for them has been these fixtures, really. Um, I keep saying it, but Ranjit couldn't really have handpicked a better 14 games, really, to start with, 11 of which have been in the Premier League. The, the hardest game he's faced has been West Ham at home. The second hardest, probably Villa away. Um, to get a run of 11 fixtures in the league like that is an absolute dream. And, United just haven't really done enough in them. They, they should have put it to bed here. They, that, the win against West Ham at Old Trafford at the end of January felt like a turning point. And that was the seven points from nine week. Um, again, not a perfect week, but the performance against West Ham was good in terms of control. They played superbly second half at Brentford. And then they had this run of four fixtures against Burnley, Southampton, 
Brighton, Leeds and Watford, five games even, all of which felt really win really winnable and they went and drew the first two. So it it does feel like they can go and run away with it. But at the same time, you wonder if it's that opportunity's gone, really. I mean, they've got Leeds and Watford now. After that, their fixture list in March gets a lot, lot harder. There's you know, there's not many so there's not many winnable games, but the, the easily winnable games or the games you would think are easily winnable have pretty much been gone. So it's hard now to see them putting their foot down when they've got to play City and Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal and even Leicester and Everton, their teams that have given United problems. So it's harder to see them running away with it now. It is a strange, I mean, it feels like an insult to races by calling it a race, to be honest, but you would rather have the the points on the board, given the fall of the other teams. Um, Send the piece today that I think if if Arsenal, Wolves and Tottenham all win their games in hand, they'd all go above United. Certainly if Wolves won them comfortably enough, they'd go all go above United. And that isn't going to happen. Arsenal's games in hand are against Chelsea and Tottenham, I think. They're not playing next weekend because they're meant to play Liverpool. They'll have three games in hand, but they'll probably lose all three because Arsenal lose every difficult game they play. So you'd still think United have got are in a decent position, but I think they've had the chance to kind of put their mark on it and, and run away with top four. And if they're going to get fourth, they need to they need to be playing better than they are because these sorts of performances are going to cost them against the likes of City and Liverpool. But at the same time, you wouldn't put it past this team improving. Rich touched on it there. It feels like there's a you know, it feels like there's a lot of apathy around the club at the moment, even from the fans. Um, I mean, the, you know, the support is absolutely incredible to get seventy five thousand last night. On a eight fifteen kickoff, ridiculous eight fifteen kickoff when it's not even on telly, when it's rearranged at relatively short notice, and credit to the Brighton fans as well for for making that journey eight fifteen on a Tuesday night, when you've got one brilliant Champions League game on telly, and like I say, just such a general apathy around United at the moment. It doesn't feel like anyone's really enjoying it. it didn't feel like the players or the fans were enjoying it first half. Um, but at the same time, if there's games you are going to enjoy, they're derbies against City, they're games against Leeds and Liverpool. So you wouldn't be surprised if if they do turn it on by them because we know these players have, have got it in them. But if they're going to get fourth, they're going to have to do it the hard way now, I think. Yeah, not the best night for the fans of the Metros being cancelled as well. That was, oh, yeah. uh, that, that was a real delight for me trying to get home last night. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move swiftly on from that. Just to say, if you are watching this on Facebook Live, do drop in some some comments and we'll try and get around to a to a few of the more questions that you might have for for the three of us and we'll yeah we'll certainly try and get around to them before the end of the show. Um, Rich, I did want to pick up on on what Ty said there about yeah. the fans and the, the apathy and maybe some of the reception that, that certain players that seem to be getting. That I, I for one couldn't understand the the jeering off of Fred that the that, that some of his supporters engaged in and then the real sort of adulation that Paul Pogba was getting when you consider the sort of respective commitment of those two players to United over the past few years, um, Pogba's situation, he's almost certain to leave in the summer. I couldn't understand that. Can you can you get your head around what seems to be a bit of a changed attitude towards Pogba from at least some United fans? I think it is just, like you said, general frustration, you know, and I think particularly, I know this is going to sound up, I've already explained why I think United did go a bit more conservative with their lineup from the start, but I think fans, when you're playing Brighton at home, you know, team who have never won at Old Trafford, just ever, in any competition, you need to be playing players like Pogba if you want the fans to be encouraged, because in, in past years, United would just name their strongest team, they wouldn't worry about the opposition threat at all, but 
the mood has been knocked down so much and confidence is so low that United are, are generally having to worry about what other teams, no matter how low in the league they might be, what they could actually threaten them with. And United probably maybe showed Brighton a bit too much respect in, in terms of the lineup, but I do understand why Raniak did it in terms of just wanting to make sure there wasn't more dropped points because the pressure on him would only increase. These murmurs of dressing room discontent would only increase as well. Fred's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he's really shown himself to be more than what we thought he was in recent weeks, you know, in, in that more box-to-box role and, you know, playing more advanced as well. He's been so integral. He had that run where I think he contributed to, was it six or seven goals in, in the space of nine games? He was, you know, doing everything that we didn't know he could do, really. His, his balls into the box are really good and he, he did prove himself to be a Pogba alternative now and I think that there really is a discussion for the rest of the season of is it Pogba or Fred in that other role, which sounds ridiculous, I know, to some supporters. But if Pogba, like you said, isn't going to be here for the long term, I know Raniak said that he he doesn't really mind playing Pogba, even if he is playing for a new club elsewhere. You know, he wants this deal and he wants to hit form to, to do that. I think Fred has deserved to, to be keeping his place. You know, he's been really crucial. He's still had moments of of sort of textbook Fred, things that you can't get rid of, some questionable passing, questionable decision-making. That is going to happen. But yeah, like I said, I don't, don't think that booing him off, cheering him is going to do any any sort of good for his confidence. And I think it is also missing a huge point that he has been good since Ranick took over. He's probably been the most consistent midfielder, I dare say. I mean, I know everyone else has sort of come to form as well. Bruno's hit a, a, hit a good patch. McTominay's looked okay in games as a defensive midfielder, but Fred probably, for me, has been the most consistent under Ranić. But like I said, I think it all just stems from fan frustration. Just this new attitude where, as Ty said, they've had this easy run of games, but if it was Man City or Liverpool playing those games, you would expect them to take nearly, like, what would it be, 33 points from 36, whatever you'd expect them to maybe have a couple of draws because that's what happens, but you would expect them to win every single game. And for United, that's just not happened. And I think it's just general fan frustration. This was a season in which they were supposed to challenge for the league. They bought Ronaldo, Sancho and Varane. You've got to think about that. That is colossal. That is incredible recruitment and they've got worse, and they are well off it, and they look well off ever winning the Premier League again in, in the next few years because Liverpool and City, their two biggest rivals, are so much better than them. So I can understand the fan frustration, but yeah, like I said, I think pinpointing it on individuals is tough because it sums United up that one week some player has got the highest stock he's had for months, and the next week he's sort of the scapegoat. You know, There's just no one really having that consistency. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, Ty. We'll we'll talk a little bit about Pogba's future then. It, you've written about Pogba today for the MEN. You, you mentioned in the piece that there might be a glimmer of hope that, that he somehow extends his contract, that, that this situation doesn't reach the inevitable doom that it seemed to be uh, to be to be reaching. What do you think? It, could it change around? Could could this we we should probably expect to see a great patch of form for Pogba between between now and the end of the season? It, it would be classic Pogba and United. Um, can anything be salvaged from this? I mean, I think I say glimmer of hope. I think we're talking one or two percent in in all honesty, um, and that's dependent on them getting top four. It's it's very unusual for a player of Pogba's stature to go into the last year of the deal and 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 stay. Never mind the last six months. But the market is has been affected post pandemic in Europe. He's not Real Madrid's top priority. We know that's Mbappe. PSG might want him. Is he really inspired by the idea of playing for PSG and having four big matches a season, six big matches a season? I mean, maybe lots of players are, but 
having had what is a pretty unfulfilling six years at United, I'm, I'm not sure the other options going back to Juventus. Um, I mean, Serie A is very competitive at the moment, so maybe that would appeal. But, you know, I, I still I think it's very likely he goes, but I don't think it's entirely a done deal. Um, for all the criticism he gets, there's no doubt Pogba cares immensely about United more than any other club he's played for, I would say. You know, he was very close to his youth team colleagues when he left the club. He stayed in touch with a lot. He got back in touch with a lot when he when he came back. You know, he 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 say he loves this club, but he probably does love this club. I think that's fair to say. And he wants to win trophies with this club. And the you know the issue with his um, commitment, I don't think it's a lack of commitment to playing for United. I mean, he's been left out to dry by his agents' comments sometimes. I don't think that's helped his reputation. Um, but he he wants to leave because. He wants to win trophies, and United are going about that terribly. You know, they're not they're not they're not looking like a trophy winning team. They're they're making a mess of things. He said he wanted a new challenge three years ago, and since then they've won nothing. Um, so you can understand he spent his prime years at United and was signed to to win trophies and be competing for Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues, and they've competed for neither since he got back. Um, since he came back, he's, he's got to take some slight blame for that. He's not been. The player um, United probably wanted, as I've said before, I don't think he's a natural kind of leader. You know, you don't put him. I think if you put Pogba in, say, Watford's team, the improvement would be minimal. I don't think he's a player that can go in and make a team 10, 15% better. But if you've got a great team that's performing its functions brilliantly, I think he can make it better. He's, he's that type of player that he's almost the, you know, the, the cherry on the icing of the cake rather than the actual cake, if that makes any sense. Um, and yeah, we sort mentioned sort of tie, yeah, sort of. Yeah, see where I'm coming from. Um, you know, you mentioned there everyone expects him to play well now he's in the shop window. To be fair, I think he's been playing well for 15 months. I think it's probably his most consistent run of form, either on the left or central midfield. I thought he improved United when they came on last night. There was the the spell in the first half where he was warming up and he was he was almost coaching the team from the touchline, really, and, and telling them to close the gaps and you can tell, you know, you can tell he still cares about the club and still wants to succeed. I think it's likely he goes, but for me, he'd be United's best team at the moment. Fred has got, you know, Fred's got a unique skill set. He's the best presser in that midfield, without a doubt. Um, he has created a lot of chances recently in that 4-3-3. He brings, he, he feels like he brings more energy to the team than Pogba. But for me, last night was one of those games where you just look at it and think, United aren't going to win titles if Fred is in their midfield because he just cannot pass on a consistent basis. His passing last night was abysmal. There was one in the first half where McTominay passed it to him. This was fairly early on. McTominay made a run, which Fred was watching, and then just dropped it back 10 yards. I mean, there was it might have been passing to you, Dom. There was absolutely no one in the United shit anywhere near him. And it was one of those who just looked at it and thought, "What? what is that? What has he just done? And for all his attributes, I think, the problem with the midfield three of Fred McTominay and Fernandez is that Fred and McTominay are inconsistent passers. Both obviously can pass the ball. They wouldn't be Premier League players if they couldn't pass the ball. But they can have bad days. They can, you know, they're not the type of players. They're not a Thiago, say, or a Bernardo or a Rodri who's going to control the game and hit all their passes, have a 90, 95% pass and accuracy and play progressive passes. They're, they're too inconsistent for that. Fernandez is inconsistent because he tries the adventurous all the time. So you've got a midfield three who whose passing accuracy can easily be 70-75%. So I don't think that trio in terms of keeping the ball is ever going to work. And Brighton had 
58, 59% possession in the first half. 30% of that was probably off Fred's misplaced passes. Um, <laughs> so I think it's he, he does offer a unique skill set, but I think the form Pogba's in, you, you'd probably be looking to, to play to play him, really. Um, at least in games against like Leeds and Watford that we've got coming up, that United should be looking to, to dominate and be on the front foot. Yeah, not sure it's a good idea for Fred ever to be passing to me, even if he was on the same team as me in the uh, <laughs> side game. Um, I'm going to end this shorter uh, podcast today by just asking each of you, I think it's, it's been a little bit of a negative podcast, especially after a win. So I'm going to ask each of you for one positive that United can take into, into their Leeds game at the weekend and the rest of the season. One positive each quickly. Uh, I, I mean, suppose Sancho and Alanga. I thought they, you know, they both really worked quite hard against Brighton. Sancho looks to be in really good form now. You know, he does look like the sort of player they did buy. Of course, there's a caveat, like we said, on the other wing. But United absolutely tore Leeds apart when they played them at home well, last season and this season. Paul Pogba was instrumental in that. He got three assists in the open day. Was it four assists? How many did he get? Four, I think. Four yeah. assists. Like, mm. you know, Leeds. The way Leeds play is so gunko and open that if United just maybe focus early on, ride that early wave of Ellen Road sort of hype and, and can just subdue the game a bit, take the sting out of it, United could have a field day at Ellen Road still. I still think that that could be a game which could be a catalyst in terms of United sort of getting back on track. Obviously, if United win there as well, there'll be extra media hype. It'll get snowballed a bit, a bit amplified for what it is. But, you know, every, every time United have played league, they've played into the hands, there's been opportunities. I know it was a bit different at Ellen Road last season, but in the two home games that I've seen, United have just, they've just carved them open so well and Leeds seem like the perfect opponent. And, you know, in terms of the way United play as well, like Ty said, play Pogba, go Gunko this weekend. And I know there's a risk to that element, but if United can get a statement win, then that could really transform their season. They can hit form ahead of the big games, especially going ahead to face Atletico as well. So, yeah, I'd be encouraged just because how open leads are and how many goals they leak. Ty, a positive yeah. for you? Yeah, I think um, touching on that, I think going to Leeds with confidence as well on the back of a win that has kind of restored confidence is massive because it's easier to to play the way United have done against Leeds when you are confident and United should be after last night. But for me, probably Ronaldo scoring. Um, he's looked a little bit um, maybe nervous of late in front of goal. You could tell it was almost playing on his mind. You could tell the relief in that celebration last night. So much so that he forgot to do his trademark celebration. You could tell... What Thank it meant God to him. Got. Thank God he yeah, got. Yeah, um, You know, he had a much better game. He did miss a couple of chances after that with the headers. I think you'd normally expect at least one of those to go in. But he looked he looked more confident. The the step I was in the back heel to set Sancho up in the first five minutes was brilliant. Um, so I think the goal, United haven't been scoring enough goals. And if they're to get top four and, and get it fairly easily, they need Ronaldo to be scoring. So I think to have broken that duck for 2022, again, in terms of confidence, could be massive. And especially going into fixture where he should get chances against Leeds and then next week against the team that he has always enjoyed making life miserable for and in a competition that even this season he has been brilliant in. So I think um, that goal and, and what it should do for his belief and confidence is, is probably a, a massive positive. We shall see. We shall see. Obviously, you can follow all the coverage of that United against Leeds game and next week's Champions League first leg against Atletico Madrid uh, on the MEN. And that's about all for today's Facebook Live, though. And we'll be back for another podcast uh, very soon. But thank you very much, Ty. Thank you, Dom. And thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. And we'll be back again very soon. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Cheers.